should say good evening everybody, those who are here and uh, those who will be listening to the tapes afterwards. Uh, we have been talking continuously about the, the negative mental faculties. We sort of label them as uh, sometimes delusions and uh, afflictive emotions. And um, what we have covered out of six root delusions, we have covered briefly, everything is very briefly, attachment. Oh, I did not talk anger because there's a number of talks on anger a lot, so I did not do this time. And the pride. And then the fourth one, since the first is what we have to talk is the delusion, not the attachment. Second, anger, and the third, pride. Uh, we basically covered those. So now, subject tonight is doubt. It is a very funny point to be talked here. And I have to talk to you from the total background of a practitioner's point, rather than than a normal sense of understanding, because. Doubt is something very funny. Here, it is also counted here as the root, one of the root delusions. So I like to sort of read basically what uh, this particular text, what we've been covering here. I'm trying to cover both the first Dalai Lama's eight prayers to Tara for protecting eight fears and uh, Pavonka's uh, liberation in palm. So out of this liberation in palm, it says, the fifth is the doubt. Here it goes, the doubt of a four truth, and Buddha Dharma Sangha, and the doubt of karma, and uh, sort of one focus on that and saying that whether it is really truly exist or not, whether it is really or not, sort of thing. And uh, they said, So it says, uh, by having a doubt, uh, it obstructs to the individual to develop. Oh, this shares the, the first Dalai Lama together here. Uh, so, I don't have to go back and read the first dialogue. It's also quoted here, this particular verse. So, it goes combined together. Land a la tesum bena mundoda. Denji la tesum bena tabata vikiji vikiji. That's it. So, one, one who are having the doubt of the karma, it will obstruct the future better life, and the one who have the doubt for the four truth, uh, it obstructs the individual to get a total liberation. That's all this says. So it's a sort of doubt is that comes from the, the Buddhist background. So if you look very carefully on the, what the first Dalai Lama has said, as I mentioned earlier a number of times, the about eight fears of the uh, liberation of eight fears are not necessarily fear we refer to as we're afraid of this and that. It is the nightmare for the practitioners. 
to develop. So they counted doubt in that. So it is, for practitioners, it is an obstacle, definitely. So now that raises a lot of questions to our mind. All right, do we have to go without any doubt? Do we have to totally follow the, what is the blind faith? Is it encouraging? As certainly not. Blind faith is never, never encouraged, particularly in Buddhism. Buddha himself has repeatedly said, so he said, when you buy gold, you rub, you burn, you cut. I mean, this is 2,500 years ago. So when you satisfy is the pure gold, you take it, you buy, otherwise you don't bother. And uh, that's what the Buddha himself very much emphasized. And also Buddha emphasizes to have a great wisdom to find whether it is the actual meaning, intention of the Buddha, whether the word what he uses express or not express. Sometimes in Buddhism you will find, and the Buddha is, I think, a great kind person. So whenever anybody goes with any problem, and the Buddha always says, doesn't matter. I mean, it is very obvious, very funny. If you really look, sometimes it's obvious that the king, one of the king, Bimbikara or somebody, accidentally killed his own father, who happens to be a totally uh, liberated Arahad during the imprisonment he had obtained that stage. So when he killed the king, so sort of according to the Buddha's rule, he had made a double limitless non-virtuous. They count five limitless non-virtuous. So out of that, killing your own parents and killing the enlightened being is two separate one out of two. So, so this guy who had that incident and who thought, now I sort of first he put his father in jail in order to get power. And later, he realized his father had been so kind to him when he was young, which he always thought his father is against him and jealous of him and all this. So he organized his own group and overthrew the father. So the deeply, father was very much kind for him and all this. So when he realized it is true, when he had a problem with his own son, some kind of illness, some kind of blood poison or something. And they had this in their, their the fathers and grandfathers, all of them had that problem. So when his son had the problem and the mother told him what you have to do, and sort of, the, the, this is early in India, 2,500 years ago, doctors are not, not like today with all this. So, so finally, the mother said, now you have to suck uh, the blood out of that boy. And he was hesitated, and then he said, how do you know? He said, when you were, ki- when you were young, you had the same problem, your father did that. So he said, did my father really do that to me? Really, does he care that much for me? It's sort of that thing went, and finally he realized, and it, it is. And so he said, release him out of prison. So the, all the ministers, the old ministers, they liked the father because he was a very kind and nice person. They started running, you know, 
sort of, you know, one after the another to get him out of the prison. And it must be old pilots. Everybody started running and he thought they're coming to kill him. And sort of he sat there and meditated and uh, so he died at that time. And when they opened the door, he's just dead. And so they've gone back and told the king he's dead. So he was so, he was so sorry and uh, with a lot of regret and uh, he sort of became guilty and he felt very guilty. And so finally went to Buddha and said, what, should, what can I do? And he was expecting Buddha will say, you are terrible and this and that. And went up there and the Buddha gave a very funny word saying, Padamani says, He said, Father and Mother should be killed. <laughs> and if the king destroy all your subjects, and uh, you will liberate yourself. And he couldn't believe it, what he said, and started looking around and uh, thinking. So anyway, Buddha had worked with him and uh, actually helped him to be able to overcome that guilty. And actually when he said, kill the father and mother, he does not really referring to the physical parents, he's referring to the father of the ignorance and mother of the attachment. And then he said, if you destroy the, all the subject, the subject doesn't mean the human beings, the subject of all 12 dependent link. 12 dependent link, how an individual sort of run to the circle of life. Then he gradually started explaining, but directly what he said is, all right, it's all right, you kill your mother and destroy the whole kingdom, you will liberate it. So, so Buddha does that sort of thing. So if you read the Sutra, we have that. So you don't take that blindly as the word says. So you use intelligence. So that was the Buddha himself has given as example. He said, I use this word. And uh, so I did this. And that way I sort of helped that individual king to come out of his uh, uh, mental agony and when he's out of it, then I can communicate with him and I gradually tell him, this is the father, this is the mother, this is the retinue I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about this and that. So, which I'm sort of a little excuse, the Buddhist followers, disciples, we call them, is skillful means. So, whatever it is, skillful means or not, but we do need a skillful wisdom to be able to understand what did it mean? So therefore, blind faith is never encouraged. However, overcautious. Overcautious is another problem. It to be intelligent and to be able to find out by your own wisdom how much is true, how much is relevant, and then if you can't find the answer, it is also important to ask somebody that you may trust and then try to gain some kind of understanding and then follow it. Because if you are overcautious, then it doesn't work. It is also, if you are, this becomes doubt and then it is not good. Very definitely, it will remain very important obstacle for the individual. As the first Dalai Lama said, uh, protection from the eight fear, the prayers to the Tara, it says, Kundu Mungba Kala Rebjushi Nyebatundu Nyala Fakwaratse 
If you remember these eight fears, this is the first Dalai Lama's prayers. So doubt, sometimes they use animals like a, like a lion and a snake and all this we had. And here what they use, they use the doubt as a ghost which is threatening to the very life of a total liberation. Uh, so it is interesting. Kundu mungba kalar rabjushi neva thandu nyela. Akbarate, these ghosts are traveling in the sky of ignorance. The ignorance, they put it up like, this is way the, how the Tibetan poetry works. The, the sky here, is it not really a sky, the sky of ignorance. And these ghosts are traveling, sort of running back and forth in the sky of ignorance. What are they threatening? They are threatening the very life of liberation of the individual practitioners. It is so threatened, it is a big threat to the individual practitioners. That's what it is. It is threatening the total life of the individual liberation. So I may be protected from the doubt of ghost. That is how Prasadana Lama worked on this particular verse. So doubt is, in a way, if you overcarry it, it will definitely threat the very life of a liberation. So now, what does that mean? What is that telling us today? So it is all right. You use your intelligence and find out and check it. But if you keep on doubting every single thing that comes up, so you always look from the negative point, sort of all the negative things, and you started raising up and all look down on every positive uh, point and then what happens? What happens? Nothing in the individual's going to cut out of opportunity. If you keep on doubting every single part and then you're not going to have anything to develop because you'll see negative points. If you started looking from the negative point, there's no end. Every positive point you have, there is always a negative. If you started looking from the negative point, you find everything negative. Whether it is an actual human being, or whether it is a product. If it's a product, if you started looking at drawbacks or difficulties. And if it is an individual person, if you started looking at the faults of the people. And um, as long as people are not totally liberated, as long as, long as people are human beings, when there will definitely be a negative point. And uh, if even a product, no matter how great a product it might be, it may help you from the long run, but it will have difficulties, sure bound to be.
if there is no difficulties, it's not going to help at all. It will be then it's totally it is like an entertainment. You have sort of nice little thing going there and goes and say nice and wonderful and ha 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 and uh, flap 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 clap 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 and then go home. What does that do? Nothing to the individual, right? And you may have a good time for whatever two three hours or what is it? Hour and a half you just go through and. Uh, sort of pay or what, three or four bucks, whatever you have to pay, and then go home, and that's it. I mean, that's a good entertainment, that's it. But the practice is not. It is something which we have to deal with our delusion and overcome its effects within ourselves. So by overcoming the delusion, the positive nature will automatically build up. So, so you're not going to deal it, because any method that you have, you keep on started doubting it, you keep on started doubting, you have resistance, you have doubt, and this and that, every, every single negative point that you can raise, you try to raise it up, and then that's it, and that's how your time will go. Every single thing, you sort of look a little bit, go a little bit in, hesitate a little bit, see if you fall, pull back a little bit, and raise those pulses a little bit, see something else, go poke, poke your nose a little bit in, and uh, then see a few pulses, push back, and then, see that you keep on repeating for 40 years of your life. Right? And what you going to get? It? Nothing. Uh, probably, it will not affect your, our delusion within our mind at all. And it do need a constant, constant pounding on the head of each and every delusion we have. And we're not going to give that. Because every method that we would like to hit on it, uh, we have doubts, right? And how you can use that against your own delusion if you keep on doubting whether this is going to work or not. It is not material thing like in a scientific thing which you look outside, external thing, and then you just see it. But you don't, because it is within the individual mind. It only shows in a long time when you look it back, you will see the difference within you. Over the night, it's never going to work. Then if you keep on doubting on everything, you're just going to pass the opportunity. That's why it's threatening the very life of a liberation. No one can get through with any projects because you keep on doubting it. That doesn't mean you have to buy everything on the face value. After some time, you check very carefully before whether it is your spiritual teacher or whether it is your spiritual part whether it is your spiritual friend, whether it is the thing what you do, whatever it is, it is the thing which you have to check. Basically, what is important in Buddhism, how does the Buddhist, Buddhist followers look to Buddha? We, we did not take refuge to Buddha because Buddha is great. We don't. 
We do not take refuge to Buddha because Buddha is pure. No, we don't. How do we take refuge to Buddha? Why do we say Buddha is good? Because the teaching of the Buddha it is effective. Dharma Kirti, the great one of the great Indian pundit and scholar who wrote the root text of Buddhist logic. What did he say? Huh? He said on the second chapter, it begins with that. Samar Jubandola Pensava Tamba Dichi Chavla Chatanet. So the main idea is that he says this Buddha is a great and Buddha is a reliable. Buddha is a reliable because it protects. How can he protect? Because he himself has gone through. And how do you know he himself has gone through? Because his teaching is perfect. So the basic the reason why they put the Buddha is good because of the Buddha's work effect to the individual. That is great. By showing the Buddhism has been helpful to the individual. By using that reason, then you say you can respect to Buddha because Buddhism, the teaching what the Buddha gives, is helping the individual. That is the reason. We don't use the reason we take refuge to Buddha because he is a Buddha. No, that's not right. Neither we use Buddha, we take refuge to Buddha because Buddha is great or Buddha is pure or whatever. These are not reasons. The reason is Buddhism helps. The Buddhism is nothing but that of experience shared by Buddha. That's why according to the Buddhist, out of, out of all the activities of the Buddha, we will never consider the magical power, flying power, mystical power, all these are, we will never consider as the greatest activity. But the greatest activity is the activity of a communication. Communication, the sharing that Buddha did. Whatever he gained, he shared. That's what Buddha did. Tsongkhapa used the word. So Tsongkhapa uses, he said, if you are an intelligent person, you should, you should be able to pay homage and respect to Buddha. Why? Because read what he said and look experienced what he had shared and felt it with you, when you feel it, you will automatically respect. So Tsongkhapa said, therefore, his communication activity is considered the best activity. So that's that. So how you prove it is also using the reason and all this. Once you feel it and once you think it's going to help you, no matter Whatever difficulties you may find, you have to go through with this. Because if you are afraid, uh, if you have a little difficulties here and there, and if you sort of then if you started a little doubting, little raise doubts here and there, and uh, then then you will be loser. So then you become the quitter rather than fighter.
So the point is here you have to fight with the delusion. Spiritual development, it is some big struggle. The struggle between our negative, negativity and its effect, our habitual pattern, and what we want to achieve, the positive, positivity which you wanted to have it, and try to set up the pattern of the positivity within the individual. That is the struggle where that is. I repeatedly told, shared with you, you when you read those interesting textbooks, there's an effortlessly happening this, effortlessly happening that. This effortless is only possible uh, when the pattern is set up within us and it's become habitual to us. Then it's effortlessly happening. I mean, this is something what it is. So we have negative negativity, the strong negativity habitual pattern within us. We don't have to meditate how to get angry. We don't have to put efforts how to develop attachment. We don't have to sit and meditate and work hard how to develop pride. And we don't have to work hard to get hurt, the ego. No matter whatever, if somebody looks you slightly different and you get your ego get hurt, you don't have to put effort and meditate to that. But on the other hand, every opposite of that. Pure love, you have to put effort in, and it will not come automatically. The patience, you have to put effort in, it will not come automatically. And all of those, that is our habitual pattern set that way. And to put it the other way around, it's a big struggle. The struggle is only here. That's what it is. The doubt. And uh, opposite of that, you have to have, after some time, you have to have some kind of intelligence faith, or sort of rely on, after some time when you are convinced, because our knowledge, information, is very limited. Though we try to give as much as we try to get as much as possible, but still it is very limited because the spiritual development is something very strange. You will only really know when you get it. You really don't know there. So you do have some kind of understanding followed by learning and then you think about it and gradually develop. You do have some kind of basic understanding of it. But you really don't know exactly till you reach there. So, if you keep on doubting until you know, you're never going to reach there. 